no, no. Sam, Sam was super hard into Ultimate Frisbee, and you know it. Hello, and welcome to Saving People, Queering Things, the supernatural podcast where the Winchesters really need to start listening to each other about big life decisions. Today, we are pulling up to the season six premiere, Exile on Main Street. I am your host, August. My pronouns are they, them. I'm Elena. My pronouns are she, they. I'm Noah. Pronouns he, him. And I'm Sam. My pronouns are she, her. My question of the day for all of you is a bit of a two-parter. Number one, what do you think Bobby knows about Ben? And does he think that Ben is Dean's son? And two, what kind of grandpa would Bobby be? The best grandpa on the planet. Second best, because my grandpa, Papaloo, is the number one. Love you, Papaloo. Shout out. I actually got him to start watching Supernatural a little while ago. So eventually, at some point, maybe he'll be listening to this. That's amazing. That's really cute. The next day, he said, hey, toss on another one of those uh, Supernaturals. It was fantastic. I don't think Bobby thinks that Ben is Dean's son until he sees him at the door. And then he immediately is like, oh, this is miniature my son. Yeah, I've never even considered. I never even thought about this. But I feel like the minute Bobby sees Ben and, and you know, Dean introduces them and is like, this is Lisa and Ben. The look on Bobby's face is a very knowing look. I, I agree. I want to believe that, I mean, obviously Bobby knew about Lisa and Ben for at least the past year because Sam would have been like, no, we can't tell Dean because he's happy because he's with them. You know, like he would have had to explain that to Bobby at least. But he knew about them in season five for sure, at least a little. I want to believe that he knew about Ben as soon as Dean knew about Ben. You know, he could tell something was different about the way Dean was acting. So he did some digging and found Lisa and then found Ben. And, oh. So Bobby's known since season three is what you're saying? I think so. Yeah. That would not surprise me at all. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's resourceful. Resourceful and nosy. And nosy. <laughs> Dangerous combination. <laughs> Most of his skill set is uh, resourceful and nosy <laughs> comes in handy i love that now that you have met us it is time to catch you up if you have not watched supernatural season six recently here is what you've missed on the road so far we are at the beginning of a season so i am going to just remind you all what these recaps are so you are gonna get 30 seconds on the clock and elena is gonna start and is going to recap the show thus far let me know when you're ready and i will count you in ready when you are okay three two one go so sam and dean are bros who are looking for their dad who is looking for the demon that unalived their mom but it turns out that sam has these wonky powers and then john derogatory dies telling dean that he's gonna have to kill him but if he can't save him and oops then somebody kills sam and dean ends up selling his soul to try and save him and it doesn't go well and he makes creepy demons really mad and then dean goes to hell but then oops his angel slash future husband saves him and jumpstarts judgment day and then there's a, a angels versus demon thunderdome with lucifer rising and then they have to try to stop the apocalypse and then dean cares and sam is in a tough space well done i'd like to point out i my brain short-circuited the line i wrote was and sam is a tough cookie i don't know why that's the line that i wrote but that's what i wrote on <laughs> i like that that's the, the the conclusion of sam's arc yeah sam is a tough cookie i don't know so yeah that's the road so far my friends 
And now what we're going to do is Noah is going to recap this week's episode, Exile on Main Street, also using only 30 seconds. Let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. Three, two, one, go. Season starts off with Dean having flashbacks and trying to live a life on his own with Lisa and Ben, but he's haunted by his old life. And so, and the hole in his heart that Sam left behind until he starts to see hunting red flags all over the place. And it leads to him getting poisoned by some gins. And then he gets saved by Sam. Oh my God, he's alive. Then he goes to meet up with Sam's team of his second cousins. Okay, wild. Then they go see Bobby, who knew Sam was alive the entire time. And then they stop the gins and Dean decides to stay with Lisa and Ben instead of going to Sam. Marvelous. It was fun to see some of your initial reactions to this episode come out in that recap. You gotta have a little flavor. So now it's time to pick some music to accompany us on our journey through this episode. Here is what we have this week to add to our episode mixtape. Elena, you want to start? I shall. Uh, So my song that I went with for this week is uh, Lose You by Sam Smith. Mostly because I'm on a Sam Smith kick because apparently I'm going to uh, their concert in like a couple weeks and I'm really excited about it. But in listening to their songs pretty much on a loop, I came across that one and it just had very profound lyrics that were like, oh no, this could be several people from this episode singing it to each other. So there was this one lyric in particular that really jumped out at me. And you're better with me out of your life, but baby, that ain't happening tonight. Want you to know that I'm willing to make this right. I'd be crazy to give you up when you give me that unfiltered love. And like the chorus of the song, like the main line is, I'm not ready to lose you. That's Dean at Sam, Dean at Lisa, Dean at everyone in this episode, essentially, except for his eighth cousins four times removed or whatever. (laughs) We'll get there. Noah, what about you? This week, I went with The Call by Regina Spector. You did not. I did. Because Sam and Dean decide to split up yet again after Dean has spent an entire year thinking his brother was dead and gone forever. And then he finds out he's been back the whole time and just decided to spend all this time away and decided to let him feel this pain. And, uh, that song holds a lot of pain for, for me personally and uh, anybody who watched Prince Caspian. I have a, an extreme emotional reaction to that song. Like still. Extreme. <laughs> extreme. We went on a road trip. My family went on a road trip the year after that movie came out. And I had my little Walkman, my CD Walkman. Uh, that caused a visceral reaction in me. <laughs> I had like two discs. Like that's all I had for this like road trip to Alberta from where we lived, which to be fair was is like, I don't know how many hours. It's like 12 to 14 hours. Over the Rocky Mountains. And I was like 13. I didn't want to listen to the stuff that my parents were playing over the main vehicle speakers. So I would like sit in the back corner and listen to that. That soundtrack on loop and I listened to that particular song probably a hundred times and now I just have a very big reaction to hearing that song's name. I don't even need to share any lyrics if you don't know the song go listen to it if you do know the song you already get it. <laughs> it's true. Sam how about you? My pick is Killing Time by City and Color. City and Color is one of my favorite bands but this song is just kind of talks about your killing time before your your former life catches up to you, basically. One of the lines is, I'm running from the shadow of my former shadow's life. Sometimes I wonder if I was re- ever really there. Right now, it feels like killing time. That's like made for this episode. That sounds dope. Yeah, it felt very fitting for Dean this episode. 
How about you, August? The song I've chosen is Now is Exactly the Time by Noah and the Whale. It's the the chorus goes, now is exactly the time to be out on your own again. Now is exactly the time to turn your head from the past. Again, a really like song about the choices you make and how they influence where you end up and can you really escape your past and should you want to and can you walk away from the past? Can you walk away from who you were? It, It seemed really like it worked for both Sam and Dean, particularly Dean, but both of them. Um, considering where we leave the end of the episode. Yeah, stellar mixtape. Picking off the season with all of the feelings. (laughs) So now that we've got that mixtape, it is time for this week's hunt. And today we are kicking off the gamble era with season six, episode one, Exile on Main Street. If you listen to us through season five, we did a bit of a different method during season five. We used the Supernatural Tarot deck to kind of help frame our discussion. We talk about a different card every episode. But prior to that, in seasons one through four, we chose themes for every episode and we used those themes whether it was love or family or free will or compassion or violence and we would use a theme to talk about the episode and explore that the the episode through that angle and we are returning to that because as we've discussed as a team and in hearing some of your feedback through our audience survey which is still open if you haven't had a chance to answer the audience survey and you would like to we would love to hear your feedback and if you have felt it out already thank you so much some of the feedback has led us to this decision to go back to using themes i really missed it it's classic can't go wrong brings a fresh twist every week the only other change to the way we're going to be doing episode discussions this season is that instead of having a going meta section at the end where we kind of recap some of the representation and pop culture and things like that we're going to actually embed that in our main discussion so you'll still hear some of those checks and representation checks but that's going to happen within the body of our our main discussion and framed by the theme and so with that we like to use the theme of family to explore season premieres and so that's what we're going to do finally as a last thing to note before we jump in content discussed in this episode may contain mature subject matter uh, particularly in this episode conversations of forcible drugging and those impacts is a topic that will probably come up in our discussion so um use your own discretion okay what did we think of this episode i liked it more than i remember strong opener it was it was big it was a a good strong resolution and not a resolution but a, a picking back up the torch after the end of last season they left off pretty significantly i kind of felt like they they lived up to that i'm still not a huge fan of the fact that he went back to lisa so i mean it's kind of a bummer that she's involved but that's just i mean i have to make peace with that it's fine i liked how she was handled in this episode i feel like she did pretty well besides the fact that you know she was lied to most of the episode lisa holds her own and i share your feelings about like the lisa storyline but she holds her own yeah absolutely and ben is is great he didn't seem to do much this episode I like that he exists in the story. He's interesting, especially with Bobby involved and giving grandpa. That fun because we haven't seen him in three seasons because we didn't see him in season five. It was rough to see all of this, all of this conflict between the brothers. I hate it. What do you think of Sam? Oh, he's not Sam for sure. Not. Yeah. Elaborate, Noah. I want to know your thoughts. He's way too smooth. If he's not Lucifer still, then he's somebody else. But he's not Sam. What's what was what tipped you off? Like, what is the thing that's tipping you off to that like hypothesis? He's w- way too 
suave and smooth about everything and it's like okay you're a nervous guy sometimes okay, you need to still be that dean being absent for a year we've seen we've seen dean be absent from sam's life before and that does not result like this not at all <laughs> not what it looks like this is a much smoother version of Sam that is putting on an act, putting on airs, and he's trying really hard. That whole conversation at the end, too, about I'm not that kind of person. When Bobby literally had a whole speech about how Sam ran into burning buildings ever since he was 12 because he cares. like That was like two episodes ago? So that's not Sam. <laughs> the fact that Sam's been out for a year is pretty, like, though, to be fair, Bobby also knew. I'm mad about that, too. Yeah, let's talk about that first second. Mm, this is not a great episode for Bobby. Yeah. This is maybe the angriest I am with Bobby. I've angriest I've ever been with Bobby. Absolutely. The like look in Dean's eyes when he when Sam says hi to Bobby and he's like expecting Bobby to have this big reaction and he doesn't and then he realizes that Bobby knows. Mm-hmm. There's like this ugh just the look in his face mm-hmm. is just... It's the mom said yeah, but dad said no kind of, you know, it's one parent is on board with the plan. The other parent was very much against it and thought that parent A yeah. would be on their side, but they were not. He was expecting to have the same, that Bobby would be on the same page. That Bobby would be like, Sam, you've been out for a year and you didn't tell us? Yeah, that he could have someone to bounce that off of with Sam. And he's like, all right, cool. Everyone is on the same page but me. Yeah, and the same page is that they are going to... Leave me behind. Yeah, like he, Dean uses this phrase. He says, you left me alone. The fact that he says, you left me alone, he uses the phrase alone. Even though he was with Lisa and Ben. Mm-hmm. And we're like thinking about family, like Dean has been with this family, sort of like he's been with Lisa and Ben. They've been this like unit, this family, but he still feels alone because he wasn't with his family. The family that he spent the first 30 some years of his life with. But it's interesting because Sam and obviously Bobby think the opposite of like, they think that they're leaving him with a family. They were like, we're not going to pull him back into this life because we are leaving him with this new family that they thought that he wanted. I really hate how they rob him of his agency in this and just being like, we're going to decide what's best for you, even though it's very clearly what you didn't want what's best for you but then we're gonna phrase it like you like we just gave you what you always wanted like sam specifically says like you wanted a family for a long time maybe the whole time he's like if i'd shown up you would have run off it felt like after everything you deserved some regular life but like sam honey sweetie baby um that's maybe some projection on your part (laughs) a little bit a lot of projection trying to make him feel like it's his fault that they cut him out but you wanted this what do you mean like how dare you be upset at us we gave you what you wanted and bobby does the same thing which like really pisses me off i'm really really disappointed in bobby for that because like okay whatever sam you're going through it sam something is up with sam he's just been to hell like the cage so like yeah he's he's questionable at this point but he also he wasn't down there that long comparatively right dean was down there for months and it was years sam was down there for at most a week the whole events happen and then it's a year later yeah it's not it's not new for sam and sam has been out for a year i don't know why that had never occurred to me before right like he he wasn't there he basically popped down and popped back up popped in took a selfie and ran off like obviously has hell trauma like 
let's not I don't want to discount that yes. because he like when Dean's like look do you want to talk about this I might actually relate Sam's like nah hard pass on the talking about trauma thing let's not but that's just him channeling Dean you know <laughs> he's like remember how you went to hell and didn't want to talk about it my turn classic brother behavior <laughs> I do want to say that I think Dean is the only Winchester who has normal emotions in this episode. Yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like Dean's reactions are all very like he freaks out and he has some really strong reactions and he feels really betrayed and he's really frustrated and he's really pissy at everyone because he's like, you've all been lying to me and now you're gaslighting me into being like, it's my fault. And you're also simultaneously being like, we need you in the hunt. And also simultaneously being like, you should go back to your normal life that we left you with. You're rusty as a hunter, but also being like, we need you, but also like, no. And also like, let's mock you for your normal life, but also we forced you into it. Yeah. And also we're pulling you out of it now. Yeah. It's really, it. it, everything (laughs) feels bass backwards. Like, yeah. We'll say all of his outfits are very gay and cute. I saw that you had that note and I specifically wanted to highlight the uh, black tucked in shirt with the belt. I was like, Dean Winchester, you have never. And yet you now and I accept. There was that one shot where he's wearing the jeans (laughs) and they are so tight and he stands up and oh my God. Listen, this is a family podcast note. (laughs) Sir. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, it's it's a look. Um, also, I want to just comment on the brown jacket, which is just a really yeah. nice jacket. It looks really, he looks like. He does look really good this whole episode. You know what gets me? It's its the sock. Like Dean walking around the house in socks. And the fucking sweatpants. Oh, yeah. Yes. With the sweatpants in this. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay, but in previous seasons, we have only pretty much almost exclusively since like season two seen Dean sleep in jeans. And. We've never seen him, like, lounge in other clothes. Like, he was wearing those sweatpants just to hang around. It's not like he put them on and immediately went to bed. Like, those are, like, lounging sweatpants. So sweet. So you're saying that Dean has athleisure wear? Because I'm here for this, (laughs) honestly. I mean, he does. He's working as a construction worker. He's, like, going out for beers with a buddy. He goes for jogs. The buddy. His little friendship with the beers and his neighbor. The buddy next door, too. Like, come on. I do want point out about the like montage because I think one thing I noticed and it kind of connects to the theme of family is like most of this montage is about either Dean being a good father or Dean being a good community member slash good neighbor nothing in this montage is about him being a good partner and I'm not saying he's a bad partner yeah we don't really see a lot of him and Lisa interactions and even Lisa says later that I think it's because of the because of the things they're intercutting. They don't have necessarily any wholesome, good relationship memories for him to flash back to. That's a good point. And I also think they're highlighting what's most what's been the most important about this year has been like his relationship with Ben and like being in a community and being in a quote unquote like normal life. Lisa also points that out later when they're having the conversation on the stairs. Is she says it was the best year of my life. What if she's talked about how? She always wanted Ben definitely to have a father. And she says that's why it was the best year of her yeah. life is because like Ben had someone to look up to, which is really interesting because I don't think like Lisa doesn't love Dean, but I think they have a very compact sort of relationship. 
They're there because they need each other, not because they love each other in that way. Which I got really strongly in this watch. And that sort of like difference between like family, like Lisa can be family without being like someone he's yeah. in love with. The best year of my life line really, really punched me in the gut this watch. Man, Lisa, that's sad. <laughs> This ultra traumatized guy came into your life and it was the best year of your life. I do think it's important to note that in that conversation, she's kind of confused for a second listening to him. And then she's, oh, you're saying goodbye. Gotcha. And I think it's just important to note that sometimes Dean's goodbyes are a little hard to read. That is an extremely good point. And Lisa, Lisa has literally seen him do this before. That's why she gets mm-hmm. it. That's why she's like, oh, wait a sec. <laughs> it's also very important with the theme of family. We all know that Sam made a made Dean promise that he wouldn't try to do anything to get him back, to get Sam back from hell. And of course he didn't leave it alone. Sue me is so good because that's such, I mean, of course he's not going to leave it alone. Of course not. And I think that's what makes him so mad is like, he's like, I looked for you immediately and you just like, let me wander for a year. Now, I wonder if some of the things that Dean tried would have worked if Sam was there. Or I wonder if it like Sam was actively trying to throw him off. Like how close did they come to each other? I want a little, I want a little Zelda map of these people and their, their little journeys. (laughs) Yeah, it's I like that we get to see Dean like be angry about that. I like that we get to see him express that he's mad. Because Sam is so weirdly chill about this. Sam is so like Sam is so detached. Sam is so emotionally detached in this episode. It's a little scary. The only other times we've seen Sam emotionally detached are when he's so like like mid end of mystery spot. When he's so far gone that he's emotionally detached that he's about to kill Bobby. Like mm. Mm. But even then, there was an undertone of shakiness and instability to that, like, coldness. But that isn't present here. Like, I think the word Noah used was really good. Like, he's very smooth. Too smooth for Sam, no. He's too polished to be a Winchester. And he cares so, he does seem to care so little about Dean's feelings. Like, Sam can be obtuse about Dean's feelings. But, like, usually that's when Dean's feelings are, like, hard to figure out. And Sam just like misses them. Whereas here, Dean is telling him exactly how it feels. And Dean and Sam is like, okay. Yeah, there's no, there's no like care. He's no remorse. Like no remorse for the decisions that he's made. And like no understanding and no like seemingly, like doesn't seem to have any desire to understand what Dean is going through. Yeah, the only thing that like tipped me off or the first thing that tipped me off when I watched it, like, you know, 84 years ago was when they hugged and Sam just like because they always every time they hug there's like this really tender moment we get a shot of each of their faces and they're all like scrunched up like my brother and it's like really dramatic and you get that from Dean and then it cuts to him and he's just like head empty no thoughts not a single brain cell in there just and and that was I was like this is not that's that's weird it's like when you like someone you realize that someone hasn't blinked for 10 minutes you're just like oh it just makes you feel weird. Also, the irony of Sam telling Dean that he didn't call because Dean was building something. And then also simultaneously, like two seconds later, being like, oh, yeah. And, you know, this family, like family doesn't really matter, Dean, except for the family that I have hooked up with in your absence, which maybe will segue us into talking about the Campbells. If we're ready to segue into talking about the Campbells, I want to hear Noah's thoughts on the Campbells. So get this. So get this. So get this. So get this. 
I was checking into the lore today, and we've got quite a bit of lore today. The Campbells are introduced, reintroduced, we'll say. Samuel is back again, and he's nasty still. And it's really suspicious, honestly. Ew, Samuel. Yeah, real suspicious. Real, real sus. He was in heaven? <laughs> yeah, likely. A likely story there. Yeah, like the Campbells uh, um, as a whole, the Campbells are sus. Also, yeah, these other cousins. Yeah, what the fuck? What That would imply that Mary had siblings who had kids. Who were all in the hunting business? It would be Samuel had brothers who had kids or sisters who had kids. And those kids are second second cousins. Yeah, they're Mary's cousins. They're Mary's cousins. They're not Mary's siblings. Mary's cousins. Oh, yeah, because they're Sam said like second or third cousin. But still still a big lore piece that should have been mentioned before. <laughs> yeah, we've never gotten mention of any of these people before. But we did know that Mary's side of the family were hunters. We knew Mary had an uncle. We had to get a mention of that once earlier in these seasons. But we also had it explicitly stated in, I think it was, I can't remember if it was season one or two, but whenever Sam is looking into her, um, yeah, season two, um, he says, everyone mom ever knew is dead. Ooh, that's also true. Like Azazel, like Azazel specifically took out, or like, it's, 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 implied, it's implied that demons took out everyone Mary knew. It's, it is implied that it's Azazel behind it, which is wild that he's reintroduced in this episode. How was your reaction to that? Ugh, nasty. This <laughs> motherfucker again? God. But he's a hallucination. Yeah, he's not actually real in any of the scenes. But it's just so great to see him back, though. Why does Dean hallucinate Azazel and not Alistair is my big question from him. I was also wondering that. Uh, if, if we're thinking about tormentors that specifically of Dean, the only reason I can think of that it'd be Azazel is because Azazel is more connected to Sam, who he's just lost. It does make more sense with the hallucination he has with Ben and Lisa that it's Azazel. I was going to say that as well, yeah. Yeah, because Azazel has been preying on his family specifically, whereas Alistair mm-hmm. fucked with yeah. Dean. Yeah. And Dean's not working through, <laughs> I mean, he's always going to be working through that hell trauma, but <laughs> currently he's working through the like losing Sam trauma. Yeah. He should be working through that hell trauma. <laughs> Is he actually another story? But yeah, Campbell's real sus and where's the backstory? Also important, monsters are going haywire with their, you know, quote unquote rules. Werewolves on the half moon. There's creatures that they've never seen before out and about right now, which is interesting. I like that because now every other monster, there's been some sort of, you know, blueprint in the past in the history books that they can you know check into the lore and got five seasons to go off of now now they've got completely new creatures like that and they've got people being resurrected without like without understanding where so like presumably when sam was resurrected he presumably looked at did the angels do it because when dean was resurrected it was the right. angels so presumably sam's like looked at this and Sam is like, I have found no leads on who brought me back. And they also have no leads on who brought mm-hmm. Samuel back. Because Samuel was also dead. Samuel is like a long time dead. Long time dead. Because he died in the past. He died in like 1970. After being a dick in that this one episode he was in. Yeah, so nobody was yeah. really missing him. Why is he back? Um, also, I would like to point out that we got a really... We had a few really terrible microaggressions um, slash let's 
feminize Dean slash queer code and yeah. insult him. Uh, first thing, his cousin says, "You have delicate features for a honey." What does that even fucking mean? Oh, why was that necessary? What sort of features do hunters require? What? Especially because I'm looking at her and I'm like, and how would you describe your features? Like, it, this is just another version of the like, oh, you're like of people like mocking Dean because he's like, quote unquote, pretty. Yeah. And like, it's the like feminizing slash like homophobic undertones. Yeah. Absolutely disgusting. Immediate, immediate dislike of the Campbell yes. cousins. Absolutely. And then they come into his house. Yeah. When she holds up the magazine is like, yours or your wives? And like, Ripping his, apart every choice that he's ever made in his house. Oh, and then Sam gets in on it too, where it like pulls out the golf clubs and Sam, I'm like, Sam, you literally pushed him into this life. Yeah. Also, Sam, this is the life you want. Stop mocking it. Sam definitely did golfing in college. He like was so posh. He was in law school at Stanford. He golfed. Oh, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, no, no. Sam was yeah. absolutely... Sam Sam was super hard into Ultimate Frisbee, ah, and you know oh it. Oh my god, he'd be so good at it. It's true, because he's he was still poor in college. Oh no, now I'm picturing that, and it's really fun. Someone needs to do an art fic of that, Sam. Someone draw Sam playing Ultimate Frisbee in college. We will love you forever. With his season one hair. Listeners, you have, if your mission, should you choose to accept it, Oh, 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 another point that I needed to make about Samuel. Sorry, I'm circling back around. Um, Dean's theme plays when mm. Samuel comes into the room, <gasps> which is fucking weird. I did weird. not catch that either. Yeah, that is Dean's theme, which only shows up when Why it's a significant it moment then? for Dean and like characterization and like something big is shown. Yeah, so they play that when they play that over him walking into the room and over the flashback of him dying in 1970. Interesting. I mean, it was kind of a big flashback for him going back and, you know, being his queer self in front of his parent, his grandparents. Like, that's kind of formative, but like, okay. And and meeting Mary, like, it's Samuel also says to Dean, stick around. I'll show you tricks your daddy never even dreamed of. Yeah. Ew, I hated that. Normally, I'm into, like, anti-John sort of slander, but, like, in this case, it's just creepy. Yeah, it sounded gross. The way that he, the way it was delivered was creepy. I hated it. Also, when he tries to like bond with Dean later in the, in, when they're back at Dean and Lisa's, like at Lisa's house, and he tries to like bond with Dean mm-hmm. and be like, I understand. But also, I'm not going to mention my wife's name a single time in this episode. Like, what? Yeah, justice <laughs> for fucking Deanna Campbell. Where the fuck is Deanna? She's been ignored this entire time ever since. Oh my God, it's been so long since we've heard of her not even from her but of her yeah we should have got her back that would have been better i did have one uh samuel point i wanted to make um just the mentioning of how how much dean is like mary (laughs) and my note was just not Mm. samuel saying that dean is mary coded (laughs) yeah basically i don't remember the exact word he uses i think he said stubborn or something yeah like i would i get like the the stubbornness that dean has mm. about things is very merry and I, it was nice to see that dean also kind of like half calls himself a soccer mom or he like says go on tell go on say it like call me a soccer mom or whatever so which, good 
You think you're a soccer mom, Dean? That's adorable. He likes it. Because the thing is, I think he th- he knows that they would be saying it as an insult, but like, does Dean really? That's that's the title that he brings out. Actually, I'm a baseball dad, but you know, thank you. Like, if Dean, the thing is with the thing with Lisa and Ben, is it's not that, that Sam or Bobby is wrong that Dean like wants those things, like a partner and home and family. Stability. Kids. But it's just that he doesn't, Dean doesn't want to lose the people that are his family. Yeah. Like his current Mm -hmm. family. He doesn't just want, he doesn't just pick anyone in that role. He can't have that if it also means like losing Sam and losing Bobby and losing Cass. He doesn't want to leave everyone to have that. Which, sorry, where the fuck is Cass? I was waiting for that comment. (laughs) It's been so long. Like, where's he at? Well, and Dean asks, Dean mentions Cass twice. And he's like, Cass, did Cass know anything? And Sam says that he prayed. But Dean doesn't say that he prayed, and that's annoying. He had to have. The last, yeah, did Sam, did Dean get, try and get Cass's help to get Sam out? Probably, maybe, possibly? Mm, he had to have tried. Cass has been in, but Cass said he was going back to heaven at the end of season five. To start an angel revolution. I have a question. Do you think Cass knows that Sam's been back this whole time? Does Cass know all the things? Is he just, like, watching all of this? He's watching Dean and Lisa. He's watching Sam <laughs> and Samuel and the cousins. Like, he's just observing everything and choosing not to do anything. That would kind of explain why he's not there, because he sees Dean and Lisa, and he's like, fuck that shit. I'm not going there. Like, you're (laughs) going to pretend to... Okay, nah. I'm not going to sit around and watch that. It was hard enough to stand around while Anna was around. Like, (laughs) Yeah, where the fuck is Cass is a really good question, especially with all these Mm -hmm. new monsters. Yeah, weird shit's happening. Where is he? They might need some angel backup. Mm -hmm. Upgraded angel backup, nonetheless. Yeah. Also, okay, another lore piece is that Samuel says, you don't know what you're a part of, Dean. You had ancestors hacking the heads off vamps on the Mayflower. Oh, the Mayflower. Yeah, the Mayflower. Mayflower bit? Yes, which is interesting. We've known that there's been, they've been there's their hunt like Mary Stanley's been hunters for a while. We knew it was a couple of generations, but now we're finding out that it's potentially like hundreds of like it's potentially like hundreds of years. Yeah, because I mean that's like almost four hundred years. Like they were of... hunters over in Europe before. I mean, it makes sense. There's gonna be if there's monsters in America, there's monsters in South America, there's monsters in Europe. Yeah, you know, I get it makes sense. Yeah is super interesting to be able to track lineage of hunters a hunter bloodline that has survived that long is impressive makes you think it might have to be supernaturally guided protected a little bit (laughs) a little bit Hmm. maybe they needed a certain vessel to be born some of them Hmm. oh wait is that the point of the first five seasons no we're done that though the apocalypse is over apocalypse is averted (laughs) apocalypse averted (laughs) which Alistair being a hallucination does bring about the question of, you know, what could the apocalypse have brought out? Right. Right. Which is going to be what Azazel says. Look what the apocalypse God brought Cass back. What if God also brought back monsters? Which is a cool, cool idea. He'd save some monsters for the end of the book. We see what you did there. That was good. Appreciated that. Oh, I do want to say I really liked the little callbacks. Like, this is going back to the more the beginning of the episode, but, like, Dean trying to, like, pretend that everything's okay, where he's clearly having, like, these trauma flashbacks, and he's also clearly having all of these, like, things point hunting, and he's trying, like, I think we see Dean trying really hard to, like, be aware of his trauma and handle it safely for the sake of Lisa and Ben. He says to Lisa, like, oh, I'm pretty sure I'm worked up over nothing. Like, I'm sure that's not the first time this has happened. 
like Lisa's very understanding. It seems like he's trying really hard to not let his trauma spill over to Lisa and Ben. I think Lisa really has like dealt with a lot more than I think he gives her credit for. Cause like, I loved when she says that line, you know, like a guy who just stopped the apocalypse shows up on your doorstep. You don't think he has a couple of issues. Like she recognizes that he did not come to her in a stable state of mind. No, which, I mean, I don't know what, how realistic it is that someone who hooked up with someone once would, yeah, take them in, in these circumstances. But what if it was a plot device? I mean, hmm. <laughs> What if they're a main character? You didn't consider that. I don't. What if we are trying to distract viewers from shipping him with the angel? <laughs> we're trying to be like, oh no, we were too gay for all of season five. We're too gay. We must, we must backtrack the game. We gotta roll it back. We gotta send cast all the way to heaven. Get him out of the picture again. Stick him with Lisa for a year. Some <laughs> painful representation right there. I wanted us to see more of Lisa that wasn't just about her relationship with Dean. Like I wanted to see her fleshed out. Like I've been wanting this for Lisa since we first got introduced to her. Like she's just not fleshed out as a character. Like she's just a plot device. We can't have women having opinions on this show. Like, she literally just gets shoehorned into, like, the same role as Mary and Jess, uh-huh. literally burning on the scene. Literally, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, no, there's a woman in his life. Gotta burn him. Though I did like the little symmetry of, like, the same way that, like, Sam was Dean's kid, Ben is Dean's kid. Like, that's a pretty strong argument for, like, Ben is Dean's yeah. kid. Yeah, it's also, you know, that's Dean's, if, if Dean's having this hallucination, that's how Dean sees it. Fact, you can see it, like, he confirms that azazel is making these connections and that's dean making azazel make these connections yeah i love seeing that besides that not a lot of representation going on in this episode didn't love that i mean hunter we have hunters working together which we haven't seen in a while which is more lore than representation but it's it's sort of a shortcut because they're all related and we have we have seen that if they weren't related it'd be more impressive they do capture the gin at the end of the episode i don't know if you Caught that Noah? That mm. They do take the gin yeah, but Samuel also makes that comment Sus where he's like, "Get her in the car." The boys get back, and then it like zooms in on his face being really sketchy and weird. Like, he could totally in that moment have like a curly mustache and it go. Dun, dun, dun. Mustaches do not imply evil. Curly ones do. The ones that go like <laughs> when they're like twisting it, like only if they're twisting it insane more (laughs) a twisty mustache is not evil most of the time it's sexy sometimes it's sexy and evil the venn diagram of sexy of mustaches sexy mustaches and evil mustaches there is a venn diagram and twirly ones are right on the cusp (laughs) they can be in both but yes he he was very much doing a comic book villain style (laughs) looking off into the it was a little suspicious in case we weren't suspicious of, like it is a little lazy like in case we, we like we were already suspicious of samuel it's heavy-handed yeah but that's the cw but they're doing that on purpose because they want us to be suspicious of samuel they're making it very obvious that he's being sketchy and weird so now it's like okay is is he actually a good guy secretly meanwhile samuel himself is trying to be like don't be suspicious don't be suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks he's being so smooth i mean with sam he clearly is because sam is fully in sam drinking the kool-aid notoriously doesn't like to work with other people is working with these other hunters uh end of the episode didn't love it 
I hated it, honestly. Dean, like, really tries to test, like, Sam's loyalty, I think. Because he goes, like, Sam says, you know, I wish I wish you were coming with me. And Dean goes, like, why do you want me to be with you, coming with you? Like, I am not, I'm rusty. I'm out of shape, like, blah, 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 blah. And Dean, and Sam is like, you know, you care. Like, that's who you are, Dean. And, like, I wouldn't even think to try. And I think that throws Dean because he remembers a Sam that didn't care and does try. They usually tried more than he did from his perspective, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Dean was all on board with using the knife to, to get the demons out, but Sam was the one who wanted to explore the route of saving the victim as well. Dean tries to give Sam the Impala. That hurt. He tries to give it away. Oof. Oh, yeah, that scene gutted me. Which, again, if you talk about the symbolism of, like, Sam having agency and being in the driver's seat when he drives the Impala, but Sam turns it down! Okay, but also, he turns down a car that is 40 years old for a Dodge Challenger that's, like, within the last five. So, yeah, it makes perfect sense. This car's not going to break down near as often. Sorry, baby, I love you, but... Well, but to me, that was also, that was another red flag, because we just got done, at the end of the last episode, establishing that this car is home to him. And so for him to be like, no, I'm good, I like I like my Dodge Charger. What the, who the fuck are you? And, and... I agree with that as it being a red flag. And also, like, we've, like, yeah, we've seen how Sam has attached to this car. And anytime Dean, like, has been like, hey, or take the keys, or, like, you drive, or, like, whatever, Sam, it takes that as a very, like, you know. It's a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. Not like a, oh, no, I like my car. I've already got my car set up, so. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just, Sam just doesn't care. It's not that he's rejecting the Impala. It's he just, like, isn't interested. The indifference is concerning it's definitely not sam yeah also <laughs> i thought this was just really funny but dean's like you keep in touch you hear and sam's like of course and i'm like when have you ever kept in when you've been strange when have you ever kept in touch in your entire goddamn life when you're apart don't say of course like that sir of don't course even. <laughs> can you tell me my phone number right now <laughs> no you can't <laughs> we're standing at my house can you tell me my address no we're, chill they have not ever had a conversation longer than five minutes on the phone. <laughs> like... <laughs> if they did, it was a butt dial. <laughs> okay, but sorry. On the note of Dean being rusty and not... I loved the scene where they said, um, hey, you're rusty. We're... Leave it to the professionals over here. And then he's like, okay, motherfuckers, but this is how we do this shit. So it's like I'm a professional or something. That was so good. But I see him, like, flex that, like, um, just because... I've been out of the game does not mean I've forgotten everything that I ever knew. That was yeah. so good. Did not mean I'm not, I don't know what I'm talking about. Does not mean I didn't just stop the fucking apocalypse last year. Yeah. Doesn't mean I'm not Dean fucking Winchester. Exactly. I can clock in whenever I want. <laughs> He's like, I am better than all of you with my eyes closed. <laughs> um, I just want to talk about how delusional everybody is about the fact that they just were like yeah dean can be out of the life and nothing will come for him ever like every yeah. like yep. dean himself sam bobby i'm like okay dean and sam they've been through a lot they're you know they can have their blinders on whatever but like bobby really you really thought that like thought this was gonna work like this was a long-term solution really like every monster knows about the winchesters like, heaven and hell know the weather. They were the center of the apocalypse. Exactly. Every occultist. Every... Like, you really thought that no one would come for Dean ever. 
or that he would just be able to handle it on his own like you'd like also thought that it was a good idea to like send him to civilians and be like there will be no consequences for this <laughs> these civilians will be fine <laughs> and like dean acknowledges that later on that he was like i think he felt like he had no other options mm-hmm. and he recognizes that like he brought that to them yeah but particularly bobby it just makes me be like come on bobby you're better than that bobby not checking in on dean for a it makes me year. think that bobby did you know he he knew where he was yeah and he, he kept was up checking on him, had on to him from afar you know Oh, I hate that. That's terrible. Yeah, that's also bad. That's... He should be checking up on him from up close. Yeah, like Please. be involved in his life if you, if like. Show some emotional support, Bobby. Exactly. If like Sam is gone, if he thinks that Sam, if Dean thinks that Sam is gone, like, like, yeah, okay, now he has his family and Lisa and, and Ben, but like, you're still, you can still be in his life whatever you can lie to him while you're in his life but like don't just like be like okay now you're in this separate little bubble yeah that's the thing is once he knew that sam was alive he knew that he couldn't interact with dean and talk about sam without lying to him about it and he didn't want to lie so he kept him safe from afar so yeah no but he was he was trying his best to keep both brothers safe because he knew something's up with sam maybe and he's like okay i'm gonna keep an eye on sam and he's keeping connection with me to make sure that I don't tell Dean. So maybe this will help keep everybody safe. But to do do that, he has to stay away from Dean. And so it's not worth it. It feels like there are some, both the Sam and Dean relationship and the Dean and Bobby relationship have taken a big hit. The times they are a change in this season. Oh, well, and Dean's staying out. Which, yeah. okay, there's also a very funny joke that I was going to make. But the part where I scroll through my notes for the joke. Um... Do I look out to you? <laughs> yes. yes. They look around for Cass. Do I look out for out to you? No, Dean. You look like is it a straight face though? You look like the most emotionally repressed, closeted, possible person at this point. You do not look out to any of us. No, sir. This is also not the crowd. No, no. It's just yes. Hard <laughs> agrees. It was good. It's great. Especially since it's right after that line for from Dean comes right after Bobby is like, it's as close, like what you've been living, Dean. It's as close as happiness as I've seen a hunter get. You were out, Dean. And Dean's like, first off, no, I wasn't. Second off, you think I was happy? Yeah. I was getting closer to being out whenever I was here in the life with Cass. Yeah. You remember when I said blow me? I was telling him to blow me in front of the both of you. Like, you think I'm more out now? Not the kind of out I wanted. You set me up with a woman. What? <laughs> like, you guys misunderstood the assignment. When I said I wanted to be out, I didn't mean of the hunting life. I meant I wanted to marry my angel boyfriend. I meant I wanted to be out of the closet. <laughs> um, I have no other notes. I think I've talked about all of them. I've got, I've got all of them. Okay. I think I'm out of notes, too. What do you think is coming next, Noah? I want to hear, like... I, I well, there's no way Dean is staying out of the life. There's no chance the show would not be fifteen seasons. So, no, uh, that's a spoiler. It's actually fourteen more seasons of domestic Dean uh, making pancakes. I, no, it's just the Sam hunting show. That's it. I'm well. I'm more into the Dean domestic show. It's better. <laughs> um, sorry, Sam. There's a whole episode of Dean just at Home Depot. Oh my god. I don't want just it if it's not gay though. Oh no, there's absolutely a guy there that he talks to about lumber or something. And yes. And he's got 
a sleeveless shirt on or something. Even though he doesn't have a need for lumber and the two of them just chat. I've already talked about the wood. entire fan fiction. It's fine. Oh my god, they talk about wood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. The person who said the joke. The person who said the joke louder. I oh. said what I said. <laughs> <laughs> well, um Let's see it. I think that's where we're gonna end. Honestly. We're gonna end on talking about wood. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Let's do it. Let's um, go to places any. That is the end of the our discussion of the episode. That is gonna move us right into our final section of today's episode, which is our character blessing slash character to watch. Would anybody like to start? Who'd you got your eye on this week? Uh I would like to bless Lisa. Um, I know she's not the most popular person this episode. Uh, but I just I really feel for her when she when she has that comment of like it was the best year of my life because even though yeah she was dealing with a guy who was like very traumatized like she she got the full family that she wanted and I think that that meant a lot to her and I think she kind of sees it slipping away right before her eyes and that's a really stressful sad thing to go through um so yeah a blessing for Lisa that's really good because like Dean as much as Dean is like the compulsory heterosexuality is like harming Dean. It's also harming Lisa. She also deserves a partner who actually wants to be there. Listen, I'm here for an an arc of asexual Lisa who just wants to raise her son. Like I'm here for it. I'm gonna go ahead and bless Dean because he needs it so badly because he feels abandoned by his family in this episode and by his boyfriend too. So it's just a lot of new reveals that are coming all at once and he doesn't have to he shouldn't have to deal with all that i wish him the best in moving forward through that yeah Mm. i'm i want to keep my eye on bobby Mm. i want to i want to know what's happening for him um yeah yeah what was his reaction when he like saw sam for the first time how he actually feels about like leaving Dean to Lisa Lisa, and now like having him come back and then having him go back to Lisa like I want to know how he's feeling about his own involvement in the boys lives at this moment because there's got to be some emotional turmoil there but we don't know what it looks like yeah yeah I want to bless Ben because this kid gets like this kid knows the supernatural exists this kid has lived this whole past year with Dean, with having a father figure. We used to have that incredibly cute scene of them working on the car together, like it, which again, we didn't talk about, but is like one of my favorite little snippets in this episode. Like we get the idea that their relationship is like really rich and really, really positive. And then in this one episode, everything kind of goes to shit. And that's really scary. And Ben's like 11 and, you know, just like feel for the kid and I want to know more about how, how he's doing and I want to make sure that that kid's okay. And so, yeah, thinking about Ben. And that's going to bring us to the end of this episode. Yeah. Season six. There we go. Kicking it off. There's actually a moment in the in the blooper reel where they just go, season six. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. If you haven't yet, we do have an audience survey that is out right now. We would love your feedback on what you like about our show, what you would like to see more of, and just some of your general thoughts about Supernatural. If you are interested in filling that out, it should only take a couple of minutes, and it is linked in the website and in the episode description. Make sure you are subscribed to Saving People Queering Things wherever you listen to podcasts and share our show with your friends 
You can also join our free Discord server, find links to all of our socials, and catch up on the latest season mixtapes all at our website, QueeringThingsPodcast.com. Also out now, Queering People Saving Throws. Our main crew, along with KJ of Supernatural Opinions, are taking a dive into a queer D&D adventure, releasing every other Friday right here on our feed. Be sure to ride along with us next week as we explore Season 6, Episode 2, Two and a Half Men Through the Theme of Aging. Thank you all for coming along for the ride, and we wish you a peaceful road until we meet again.